0: Welcome to Black Skirts in Basic Black. That is well into season five. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> we are the premier Black Catholic podcast <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about all the things we like and none of the things we don't. Because who oh. wants to talk about things that aren't cool like us, right? I'm just saying. Nobody. Just saying. LL Cool Marcia and Shannon. <laughs> So I'm your super cool co-host Marcia and I'm also joined by my very cool co-host. Oh, thank you. Shannon. Which <laughs> if you've got to say you're cool this many times Shannon, I feel like maybe you're not anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like I'm not like a regular black cat podcaster, I'm a cool black podcaster. <laughs> oh my goodness. So today we're talking about confirmation and how super cool is that? It is definitely one of the top seven coolest sacraments in the Catholic Church. For sure. Just like you're my favorite co-host. I know. You're my favorite co-host. So before we get started, we need to see how things are going. Shannon, it's time for a weather check. Oh, yeah. It's time that's... for a weather check. It's time for a weather check. So, Shannon, how's the weather in your neck of the woods?
1: Um, Yeah, so I'm calling it cool but sunny. It's fine. Like, things are fine. They're not super great. They're not super bad. They're just fine. And we're in quarantine and that's okay. And in Indiana, we're kind of opening up, which makes me a little anxious. Mm-hmm. But everybody has also seemed to like chill out a little bit. Like I was actually able to find like paper towels at the
0: grocery store today
1: because oh. not everybody's freaking out anymore. So that's great. And Marcia, how
0: are you? How is the weather? <laughs> so It is also sunny, but like mm-hmm. sunny with a chance of freezing rain. Cool. I know, right? But probably not freezing rain. But uh, sunny with a chance of rain. So today is Nanny's birthday. For those of you who don't know who Nanny is, I am so, so sorry. Nanny is my grandmother. She's my mother's mom. And her and I are BFF. If you thought you were my best friend, anybody out there, you are not. It is Nanny. No. Even though I very much am best friend is a tier. We've Mm -hmm. talked about that. But Nanny is, like, kind of above you guys. She's, Mm -hmm. like, the CEO of Best Friendum. It's her birthday today. And so... uh, so we're recording this on May 8th, and I already tried to call her this morning, and before we recorded, I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Anna, I gotta call Nanny, because if I don't call Nanny, because we were doing a surprise birthday parade for her, and mm-hmm. she doesn't know it yet, and I was like, if I don't call her, she's gonna be like, um, baby, it's my birthday, why didn't you call me? She didn't answer, so then I called my aunt, who lives with her, and I was like, where's Nanny? She's like, Nanny's on the phone, and I go, of course she is. She goes, she goes, uh, Nanny said that she tried to call you. <laughs> I was like, she called me already, and I didn't even notice <laughs> That's my grandma, and I love her, and I cannot wait to see her, Shannon. I can't, I I haven't seen her very much. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen her since February, like toward the end. I'm like, yes, nanny. (laughs) I'm plenty excited. But she kind of has a paw on it because my friend and I are going to take a walk after we're done recording for probably 2.3 miles, but probably not because I've been having back issues. So I can't Mm -hmm. really go that long. For Ahmad Arbery, as of now, you've heard it in the news. But by the time this this podcast dropped, it would have probably fallen out of the news cycle. And so I'm going to oh. mention it now, so we don't forget him and forget his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a man who was hunted and gunned down by two men, two white men, while he was jogging because they said he fit a description, and they decided to dole out their own justice. 2.3 miles is how long, how far away he was from his house to everyone around the country probably think around the world is running with him today for his birthday mm-hmm. as well so we're all running 2.3 miles I'm, I'm probably gonna walk like i don't think i'm gonna make it 2.3 mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because well i'm in physical therapy for my back i probably shouldn't be running 2.3 miles mm-hmm. and it's been it's been really difficult sometimes like as like well you mm-hmm. well you know shannon on social media like telling people mm-hmm. like black lives matter and i like it's one of those things like we know it and i was like oh my gosh and it always seems to be a cycle something that we mm-hmm. have to say and i'm like i just want to remind people that that is still a thing that it wasn't mm-hmm. a fad it wasn't a trend black lives matter mm-hmm. and we constantly get horrible reminders that mm-hmm. we don't say it enough happy birthday to ahmad happy birthday to my beautiful grandmother so but you know though i have hope because there are still people out there speaking out for justice so yeah absolutely so yeah so rest in peace rest Ahmaud. in peace Ahmaud. yes so, we're going to talk about confirmation, which is a great part of this life, great part of this Catholic life. Now that we've talked about the weather, maybe I should have made mm-hmm. myself go first for the weather. <laughs> I always do that. The weather's awful. Wah, wah. Let's talk about something really happy. Confirmation, confirmation. Sacrament, <laughs> <laughs> yay. So, yeah, what is
1: confirmation, Shannon? So confirmation is the second sacrament of initiation after baptism, which seals us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can find those in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 2. There's seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. We like that number seven. It's very nice. It's the perfect number.
0: So, Shannon, wait, you said the second.
1: Yes, That's... we'll get to that in a minute okay. <laughs> It comes before First Communion, although many people In America especially Have their First Communion before their Confirmation mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that in just a minute Okay, But Confirmation seals us With the gifts of the Holy Spirit We receive the Holy Spirit in baptism But it, uh, Confirmation seals those seven gifts within us And it also marks us With what we call An indelible mark Or a permanent character <laughs> As witnesses to Jesus and a lot of times you may have heard about confirmation talked to as like, you're becoming an adult in the church, you're accepting your faith as your own, you're becoming a soldier, a warrior for God. Those things are things that have seeped into the way we look at confirmation because of the way we practice it. And again, we're going to talk about that history in just a minute. But in reality, the actual theology of the sacrament, if you look at what the church teaches about it, it says, we're being sealed with those seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we're being marked as witnesses. And you know, they that's a permanent character which means it's with us forever so we are marked as witnesses for the rest of our lives on our souls and in the eyes of God that's our job <laughs> that's our job mm-hmm. from then on is is to be witnesses and we can be good witnesses or we can be bad witnesses yes. But we're always witnesses. We get that responsibility of witnessing to Christ. So during the sacrament, for those who are maybe not Catholic and tuning in with us or don't remember because it's been a long time since Mm -hmm. they were confirmed, the bishop lays hands on each person. Sometimes he does it in a big general blessing if you're in a big crowd. And that's a sign of calling down the Holy Spirit upon them. So anytime you see a priest or a deacon bring their hands over their head, Palms down facing a person in blessing. That's a sign of calling down the Holy Spirit. And then he anoints everyone with chrism oil uh, with the sign of the cross, saying, Be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, again, sealing that gift. And chrism, if you don't remember, is a special oil that's made at the chrism mass. The bishop creates it with olive oil and balsam perfume. It smells really, really nice. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had a baby baptized or been around a baby who's baptized, that's what they put on the top of their head. It smells great. Mm-hmm. I'm like it that does. weird mom who like goes around smelling babies' heads after they're
0: baptized. I've been um, a godmother many times. I yep. love smelling babies' heads.
1: <laughs> and the chrism oil is special because it's a sign of the Holy Spirit during the chrism mass. It's One of my favorite things. The bishop stirs the balsam into the olive oil. It's really funny. Uh, He kind of looks like a little witch, stirring up his (laughs) witch's brew, even though that's not what's going on. And then he breathes, he literally breathes into the oil. He goes, Ha! And it's a sign of the Holy Spirit going into the oil. In Hebrew, the word for spirit is ruah, uh, which means breath. So the breath of God, the spirit is the breath of God. And so the bishop who through his ordination as a successor of the apostles has received the Holy Spirit is now breathing the Holy Spirit into this oil. So it's a cool ritual and a very beautiful symbol. So that's the oil that we are anointed with as a sign and sealing with the Holy Spirit. And so when we are anointed with that oil, that is when we are transformed at that moment. So as you said, Marcia, most Catholics, at least in America, receive their First Communion before Confirmation. So we Mm -hmm. often think of communion as the second sacrament of initiation rather than confirmation. And we say that confirmation is the second sacrament because that's the way that the church originally celebrated the three sacraments of initiation. If you've ever seen anyone go through the RCIA process to be baptized at the Easter Vigil, that's the way that it would have been done in the early church through the first probably five centuries of church life until the year 500. And it's different in every place now, but in particular in the West, we tend to separate those out for various historical reasons. Um, So originally, the anointing that we now call confirmation was celebrated immediately after baptism. The people would literally like go naked into a pool and be baptized and then come out and they would be clothed with that white garment, right? Like now we Mm -hmm. use like the nice baby gown Or or an alb. But they would be clothed with a new white garment, which if you think about ancient times, it was really hard to get a garment to be white and stay white. So it was a powerful symbol of purity. And then they would be anointed by the bishop, and you would be doused in it. So you would smell of the fragrance of Christ. That was part of it. It was Mm -hmm. very... I I can't imagine what it would have been like to be part of those rituals. I think it would have been amazing. After that you would go in to the rest of the congregation who was already present to celebrate the Eucharist and you would receive the Eucharist as a sign of your full communion, your full initiation as a full member of the church. And that's why you see in many churches that were built before about twelve hundred or even fifteen hundred separate baptistries. Like that was a separate building because you could and go into the church until you were fully initiated. I mean, could you literally walk in, of course, but, but in a, in a
0: rich <laughs> No, they, There's no. like the trace. There's like a, a yes. Catholic <laughs> magic trace. Also, Catholics have no magic. <laughs> um,
1: so, you know, that's why the baptistry was separated, because you would have to first be baptized in the baptistry before you could enter into the church with all of those who are already part of Christ's body. Um, And then you would receive communion as a sign of being fully in communion with Christ and His church, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why, you know, we don't allow non-Catholics to receive communion because it's a sign of being fully in communion with Christ and His church. (laughs) However, as the Christian population grew over the centuries and also infant baptism became more widespread there were more people and fewer bishops, you know, the amount of bishops didn't necessarily keep up with the population. And so bishops weren't able to preside at every baptism like they were in those early centuries. So we kind of came to this um, sticking point, again, around the year 500. Um, This is also when Rome falls to the Germanic tribes and things like that. So there's a lot of things going Mm -hmm. on in history, if you're interested in that history. And so in the Eastern Church, what's now the Orthodox Church and the Byzantine Catholic Church, Church and the other Eastern Catholic rites, they decided to retain that anointing with baptism, that that sign of being connected to baptism was much more important. So then the priest became the one who was able to, what we would now call, confirm someone, they use a different term to describe it, because they wanted to keep the initiation rites together. It was more important to them to have baptism, than confirmation, and then have Eucharist as that first sign of being in full communion. Um, An interesting fact, they actually Uh, communicate or give communion to babies when they're baptized in the Eastern churches, because they're fully initiated. So, yeah, it's because they're confirmed, so they uh-huh. can receive. They give them, like, a little, tiny, little morsel, like, oh, dipped in the like, precious blood. I, was I was like, blood.
0: like yeah, baby parent, can't swallow like not- that. <laughs> 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 they baby got um, no teeth, Shannon. The baby's not supposed to chew the Eucharist, but yeah. it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that so, works. Um, <laughs> yeah, so
1: they still do that. So you'll see if you go to an Eastern Orthodox or Eastern Catholic Church, you will often see kids who are under seven receiving communion because they've been receiving communion since mm-hmm. they were baptized as an infant. In the Western Church, however, the Church under Rome, what we call the Roman Rite, which is most of mm-hmm. us, we placed more of an emphasis on the bishop being the one to anoint, because mm-hmm. again, going back to that idea that the bishop is the successor of the apostles, that he has the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of ordination, that it became more important for us in the West to keep that anointing with the bishop. And so confirmation starts to be separated out from baptism until the bishop can come to whatever place you might happen to be in and travel around. Think about now our diocese are sometimes so big land-wise, and we have cars. Like mm-hmm. they, they had to like travel there with like a horse or whatever. So it took a while. History kind of, progressed and confirmation got later and later. And by extension, communion got later and later because you couldn't receive communion until mm-hmm. you were fully confirmed. And and there was some development in the history of how we understood the Eucharist as the body and blood of Christ until you get to about the 19th century when communion is pushed back to the age of seven when people could fully understand it. And yet confirmation was still being celebrated at that later age. Now, for most of us, it's probably around somewhere between 10 and 16, depending on where you live. And so those two got separated. So the original order and what we would call the theologically "quote unquote" proper order, right? The thing that makes sense in the understanding of theology that we have about what the sacraments of initiation are, is to have confirmation before Eucharist. So that the Eucharist is truly a sign of being in full communion with mm-hmm. the Church, um, and being a full member of the Church. Now, obviously, we don't practice it that way. No, and, um,
0: but I, it's kind of beautiful, though. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, and it, if you receive your first Communion before you receive, you're not like doing something wrong, or like Jesus isn't working you, or you don't have the Holy Spirit. Like that's not what we're trying to say. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know that order is the way that you will hear people talk about the sacraments of initiation because it reminds us that communion really is the summit right. of our life, that that's what we're aiming towards, that fullness of receiving the Lord Himself in the body and blood of Christ. So, you know, I said communion is not necessarily about accepting your faith or becoming an adult in the church. It's certainly not about becoming an adult in the church, even though we oftentimes repeat our baptismal promises and kind of reaffirm our faith, but that reaffirmation is connecting it to baptism rather than saying, you're doing this for yourself instead of when your parents did it for you at at baptism. And I think it's really important to kind of wrap up my long spiel here (laughs) to recognize that when we talk about being sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when we talk about receiving that permanent indelible mark on our souls to be witnesses, God gives us what we need in order to be good witnesses by giving us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is giving us the Spirit's own gifts in order to be good witnesses to Christ, mm-hmm. right? We get courage and wonder and awe and piety and all the all seven of them. I'm not going to name all seven of them because I don't think I could remember
0: them all. <laughs> yeah, know. I'm always like, uh <laughs> no,
1: But those seven things are the things that we need in order to be good witnesses. So God really gives us everything we need in order to fulfill the thing, the response the task he's asking us to fulfill. And that's beautiful because it requires nothing of our own. Like, we don't have to take a test. We don't mm-hmm. have to be good or holy or whatever. God just gives us the gifts because we are baptized, mm-hmm. because our parents said, yeah. And who gets to be baptized? Anyone. Anyone who wants yeah. to be part of the church. God doesn't show any partiality, you know, like you don't have to be some elite spiritual ninja
0: like you Wait, just have to get what do I do with being. this black card that I have then like I have this elite it's real thick I paid a lot of money for this Shannon <laughs> I, don't, I don't know somebody hoodwinked <laughs> I know. I need to make a phone call <laughs> so Marcia
1: I've talked a lot what are your thoughts about the sacrament of confirmation
0: i have a lot of thoughts since you know i i was super excited to uh (laughs) my confirmation (laughs) i don't think we said that today we talked about everything being super cool it just always reminds me when i tell the kids and i go i feel like we're answering the call of our baptism responding to it because god doesn't call the equipped he equips the called Mm -hmm. and confirmation that that's literally that's what we need like we got this it's like here you go this is all you need (laughs) you know and I think it's really beautiful so I love confirmation I know that we touched back on it season one a a little bit when we're talking about the triduum and talking about my confirmation personally and how beautiful it was at the Easter Vigil and things like that but um, I always remember the first time I ever went to a confirmation I was in seventh grade I don't know if we've ever talked about this I was in seventh grade and I was the cantor for part of the confirmation Mass (laughs) Everybody else's confirmation So I had to sing, I sang one solo And I sang something else and I can't remember what it was Because someone else sang but then they were like Oh we want to sing this part And the music teacher was like oh my gosh Marcio Why don't you sing these songs at the confirmation mass And I go Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm allowed to go to a mass (laughs) But my mom allowed me, my mom came with. Mm-hmm. Shannon, it was one of the most beautiful experiences. Like I was mm-hmm. so excited to be there. And I think even my mom, my Protestant mama, you know, pleading the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. on everybody was touched mm-hmm. by the confirmation mass. At the time, the bishop, one of the bishops in Illinois is a black bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, don't, I can't remember his name, but he was one of like, one of like 10 black bishops in mm-hmm. the United There's States. There's more now, thank God. Right. I know, that's what I'm saying, but back then though, it was really beautiful my mom, she says it whenever she she doesn't realize that's why she says it but when she says something is sealed and she's like it's sealed because he used to be like be sealed with the gift of the holy spirit and so it's kind of one of those things that in my family Like i don't think my mom remembers that that's what it's from and i was like i'm not gonna remind her that it's anything catholic but anyway um so it was a really it was really beautiful experience and then over the years when I got to experience it myself, I I love the welcome. I love the welcome of confirmation. It's like you're getting a huge hug from the whole church community. I've been a confirmation sponsor a few times, and I love that part of it. I was actually my son's confirmation sponsor. I don't know if we ever talked about that because you're not allowed to be your kid's confirmation sponsor. But because. I am not his legal parent. (laughs) I am not his legal parent because, you know, adoption. Um, I'm his confirmation sponsor. And the mass is one of the most beautiful masses that you can ever attend because it doesn't at all shirk the responsibility that it's a sacrament. And not that other masses do that, but I feel like Sometimes with weddings, like they're supposed to be beautiful and things like that, but you kind of lose the sacrament of the weddings and the whole ceremony of it all and you're excited for your friends and things like that. I always hear my best homilies at confirmations and I think that's where you should hear your best homilies hands down all the time because that one aunt who's never in church and like things like that we used to have a bishop when we were both youth ministers in indianapolis bishop Coyne gave fantastic homilies all the time and it was always a fantastic confirmation always so beautiful and heartfelt and wonderful and he was he's super funny and then we got jato who's now a cardinal what (laughs) so it was always really beautiful for ncyc i'm sure it was a picture of him and it was like we heart jato he's our arch bro (laughs) And I gave him that shirt. And he's like, and he knew who I was because my priest at the time knew him. And he's like, oh, oh, Marisha, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, we call you Jato. And he goes, I love it. Because he already knew because my priest, like, she calls you Jato. He's like, I hear I have a nickname, Marisha. And I go, apparently I do too. But. <laughs> And he said, it. he goes, he took his shirt and he goes, I will wear it under my vestments tonight. And I was like, yes. So shout out to all the Archdiocesan bishops who are amazing. Uh, to all bishops, actually. So the thing about confirmation is, even though know, it's great. And it's a huge celebration. It's wonderful and beautiful. And I love being a confirmation catechist. I've loved being a sponsor. I've loved being a confirmandi or however you, that's plural. But you know what I mean. So one of the things that I can say sometimes is that, I think a lot of people feel that confirmation is this graduation from church. Like you said, it happens when they're 13. So usually they're in eighth grade and they're like, graduation's happening, confirmation's happening, no more grade school, no more church. And so I always have to say every time, and I always have to remind them, I was like, this is not the end. Confirmation is not the end. If you think confirmation is the end, then we have all been doing it wrong. And I go, because this is literally the beginning. Everything else was pregame. This is where we're supposed to be doing. This is where we are. And I think it's because it feels like you've passed a test. And this is my own opinion. Um, that I feel like there are a lot of hoops to jump through to get confirmed. Sometimes, you know, like you got to do all these service hours and then you got to yes. do this. Then there's this project. And, and I think all of that is great. I think it's really important. And I know that just working for the church and being a catechist, that it is to engender this like ritual of being active in the church, doing service, yes. all those things. But I think when it comes it becomes about the paperwork, we kind of lose that a little bit you need two things to be confirmed and that's it you need to be baptized and you need to want to be confirmed
1: yep. <laughs> like, you have a right to be confirmed you if You're right. like,
0: you get, and it's so funny because people used to get mad at me because there was one guy it was like two days before confirmation and they're like well he wants to get confirmed now and they're like he shouldn't get confirmed and i go are you baptized yeah do you want to get confirmed yeah awesome. I'll see you on Sunday at two o'clock. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Your name just won't be in the program. Like, you know, and so, but that's just kind of how that works. Like, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to be the Catholic gatekeeper. That's not my job. Right.
1: Yes. Like, yes. And I, you're a lay person. So you can't tell someone
0: no to a I sacrament. Can't, I can't tell someone no to a sacrament. Exactly. And I was like, awesome. I'll see you at two. Wear a suit. The bishop's gonna be there Don't embarrass me in front of the bishop I used to tell the girls all the time Like a a whole black mama Don't you embarrass me Don't act like you don't got no home training I was like But no, I, I love, I love everything around confirmation. This past year, I didn't do confirmation and I didn't do it the year before. And it's been such a weird, like when next school year rolls around, there's a church close to us. I'm going to reach out and see if they need confirmation catechists because sometimes uh-huh. that's a hard thing to find. I really, really enjoy it. And it's funny, I'm in touch with almost everyone who I was their catechist for still, uh-huh. like still reach out to me, still talk to me, uh-huh. you know, and I think it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, anyway, it's just, you know, we already know your thoughts, but what other personal thoughts do you have on yeah. confirmation?
1: Um, so I wanted to say one thing um, that I am very much personally for, and this is my personal theological opinion, yeah. what we call restored order, which is putting confirmation back before the Eucharist. So, For most people, what that would look like in America would be moving confirmation to the age of seven, when we would normally make our first communion, and then just having the bishop come for seven-year-olds instead of 13-year-olds or 15-year-olds or whenever you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of arguments for why you do one or the other, and I'm not going to get into them. And like, if you have a different opinion, it's certainly your right to have that opinion (laughs) about confirmation. You know, for some people, a good friend of mine who's now in ministry, like confirmation as a teenager for him was one of the things that like changed his life, brought him to Jesus, and now he's in ministry. So like, you know, God works. God works through whatever we're doing. But I think that we too often use confirmation as a way to do the things we should be doing in the church outside of confirmation. Sacraments are not a carrot. They're not a prize right? that we get for being good or doing the right thing. Sacraments are moments in which God pours out his love, grace, and mercy upon us with abundance. And because he loves us, I think that they work. That's a teaching of the church that sacraments are effective, that they work even when we're not fully open to them. It helps if we're open to Mm -hmm. them. They work better when we are open to them. But we should trust God to be God, and we should do the work of trying to witness to people within the church again, this is my opinion. Let sacraments be sacraments. (laughs) And there's a lot of people, including bishops and theologians, who might disagree with me, and that's fine. Like, they're in charge Mm -hmm. and I'm not. But if you want my personal opinion, that is it. (laughs) Um, That being said, I am really great for the gift of my own confirmation. Um, I am so grateful for the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my own life. I have seen the Holy Spirit work in so many ways in my own life since I was confirmed in ways I couldn't imagine. And I wasn't closed off to the sacrament when I was 13, but I kind of was like, this is what you're supposed to do because we're Catholic. And mm-hmm. I did the things and like the Holy Spirit's cool. There's some good music at this mass. Cool. Some oil. Like um, I, I just was kind of there. And like, I wasn't a kid who didn't believe in God or disliked church. I just was just a normal kid who was like, this is where I am and mm-hmm. it's fine. But because I was confirmed I've seen those gifts of the Spirit bear fruit in my life in so many hidden ways, and also I have been able to better recognize the work of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in my life now that I'm older, and see how that sacrament really was effective in my own life even though I wasn't, like, fully paying attention. And it's really because of the sacrament. It's not because of anything I've done or all of these things that I've learned, quote-unquote. Like, you can know a lot about God, you can know a lot about the Church, and not be a very good Catholic. (laughs) And uh, it is 100% the work of the Holy Spirit in my life and the work of that sacrament in my life that I'm able to do some amazing things and see the gifts of the Spirit working in my life when, on my own, I would not have been able to do or say or be the person I needed to be in those moments and I'm so grateful for God's gift for the Spirit's gift of his own life within me so thank you Holy Spirit you're the best
0: yeah you're the bomb diggity <laughs> we're, the on this yeah, we're like Holy Spirit's the bomb diggity when we were all confirmed <laughs> okay so this is the time of our show where we can all participate so i grew up protestant and whenever it's time for the offering they go this is the part of the service where everyone can participate but because we're participating all the time like it's exactly (laughs) right hello we have reached the time that shannon and i like to share our simple gifts with you where we recommend things for your spiritual life for your personal life for your home life you know all those things it's time for the offertory it's so funny like i feel that a lot of things that we offer it's like it's quarantine edition everything is quarantine edition it's it's like do this buy this online and i feel attacked did you see the dave ramsey tweet where it was like whoever doesn't know Dave ramsey he's a whole financial guru and he's like do you know how to waste ten thousand dollars a year And it was like, spend $27.40 a day on stuff you don't need. (laughs) And I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) But here we are, (laughs) the (laughs) offertory, where we help you waste $10,000 a year, (laughs) $27.40 at a time.
1: (laughs) You sit on things
0: that are... Necessary. (laughs) Necessary. But yeah, so yeah, I didn't think I had an extra $10,000, but apparently I do. (laughs) Ramsey is calling us out. He's calling us out because he knows. So, with that in mind, Shannon, how do you want to chip away at your $10,000 extra?
1: To be fair, my recommendations aren't necessarily about spending money, although the first one kind of is. The first one for me today is I am recommending, especially now that we're in quarantine and people have freaked out a little bit about what they need to get at the grocery store, going to grocery shopping in the morning. I walked in to the grocery store at 7.30 this morning, like a half an hour after it opened, because I needed hand soap and I was like, I'm gonna get that hand soap. <laughs> <laughs> be the first one there." So I was buying in a little bit to the quarantine mentality. Yeah. But it was also really peaceful because a lot of people were there, like people were still getting up, getting ready for work Mm -hmm. and I got everything I needed and it was just pleasant. It was like being at the grocery store without a mask on, even though I had a mask on and we are still following all the six feet protocols. And then the second thing I'm recommending is free for everyone. It's a way of praying. I've gone back to the practice of Ignatian scriptural meditation. So St. Ignatius of Loyola is the founder of the Jesuit order, and they do this a lot. They do this when they go through the exercises, which is a 30-day retreat when you're um, in formation for the Jesuits to become a Jesuit. Wait, like Beyonce?
0: Oh, different formation, different formation.
1: (laughs) No, we're not laminating. We're not information <laughs> <laughs> homecoming, Unless you're talking about homecoming to Jesus. But Ignatian Scriptural <laughs> Meditation, you could just Google it. And it's a way of imaginatively praying with Scripture, entering into Scripture, placing yourself in the story, pretending you're a character in the story so that you can more fully enter into and understand that particular scripture passage and what God might be saying to you. So give it a Google. It's a wonderful way of praying. And especially if you like quiet, meditative, um, and imaginative prayer, it's going to be right up your alley. And you get to learn scripture better too.
0: Yeah. Plus. And it's free. It's free. free. Yeah. So when this episode drops, we'll be into June when <sighs> things are starting to open up a little bit more. The first thing I want to say is, like, careful transition. Because I was thinking, like, when will this come out? So careful transition is one of those things where, because it doesn't mean that the virus has been eradicated. It means there are are more beds in the ICU. I saw that on a meme where it was like, there's just room for you in the hospital now. (laughs) So Careful Transition is for sure one, but if you decide that you are like, I'm going to stay inside for a little bit longer, Uh might I recommend, if you haven't already experienced the awesomeness, that is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Uh It is 12 episodes. It is on Hulu. It is amazing. It has this really great cast and a bunch of singers that you didn't know could sing or singers Uh that probably didn't know they could sing either. It's basically if Glee was going on in somebody's mind, that's what it is. (laughs) And I love Glee, like I love Glee. And it's got some really great people. Jane Levy, I think is her name. She's from this show that used to be on. It's called Suburgatory. And so she's the lead of Zoe and Peter Gallagher's in it. Mary Steenburgen, Skylar uh-huh. Aston from Pitch Perfect fame. You guys, even a queen, Bernadette Peters, makes an appearance uh-huh. in one episode. I'm just saying that alone should be like, yes. Oh, actually we have a former Glee cast member. Alex Newell is also in the show. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so if you're going to stay home, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, it's great. And then also my contribution to Wasting Time Ten thousand dollars there is this website it's called Prince not not like Prince like Purple Rain but Prince as in like writing of mm-hmm. Cheers it's a small business owned by one girl named Kelly who I happen to know and maybe I was her confirmation catechist I'm just saying <laughs> um, see it all works it all works Related. she has started a business and it's beautiful she's got into hand lettering recently the first day she came out with her business I automatically placed an order that ironically I think was like twenty seven dollars and some change she <laughs> (laughs) show there's that Uh, she's got really great stickers note cards all of it like it's it's really adorable really cute stuff so it's princeofcheer.com. we'll put it in the show notes support kelly like i I, i'm just gonna just keep supporting small businesses as we Mm -hmm. go on because they really Mm -hmm. they really need our support They always need our support right we should be good stewards of our money well, we should also mm-hmm. be good stewards of people. That's
1: the best way we can
0: vote yep. other than voting
1: <laughs> oh, <something laughs> for so what good. we want the world to like, to be like, is to use the power that we have as consumers yes. to make the world more just and beautiful and support people who
0: are local and near us. Yeah, and exactly. And near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that being said, woo, y'all, we did it! F- <laughs> yeah. did it, it is confirmed that this episode is ending. <laughs> uh, we hope that you are well equipped to share the message of our podcast and follow us on social media at PSBB Podcast. On definitely Instagram. Maybe, but not really Twitter. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at stylishlycia. You can follow my co-host, Shannon. At team quarter black. And you can email us at plaidskirtsandbasicblack@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We want to say thank you to the Holy Spirit for giving us the life of God within us. Thank you to our confirmation sponsors. Shout out to you at Grisha yeah. and, and all those who have been witnesses in our lives. Thank you to Jazar for the song Seas of Mars, which you know that you are grooving to on our way out. Thank you, Shannon, for being a super cool co-host. Thank you, Marcia. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us every week. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Please rate and review us so that more people can find this great podcast. We look forward to being with you again next week, and we hope you stay safe until then. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey,
1: everyone. Shannon jumping back on here to let you know that next week we will be talking about the Gilmore Girls episode, Always a Godmother, Never a God. That's from season six. And you can find that on Netflix. And we look forward to talking with you next week. See you soon. Bye.